Hello, and welcome to part three of our endangered species topic. I'm Margaret, and today I'll be covering the threats that endangered species face in the United States specifically, and what you can do to help if you live there. When people consider endangered species, they often think about remote animals like rhinos or elephants. However, there are threats to wildlife right here in the United States. The U.S. has a diverse collection of flora and fauna. Expanding across the entire continent, there is a wide variety of habitat, deciduous forests, deserts, grasslands, evergreen forests, beaches, and even more. Explore your area, do some research, and find out what types of native plants and animals are by you. While there is a wide variety of wildlife, there is also a large number of endangered species. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services has a collection of endangered species and threatened species on their website. Currently, 79 species of animals, 106 species of birds, 63 species of insects, and 942 species of plants are endangered or threatened in the U.S., along with hundreds of other species and other families such as reptiles and amphibians. Habitat loss is a major threat to animals. The main causes of habitat loss in the U.S. are agriculture, currently about 40% of the land in the U.S. is farmland, infrastructure, and urban and suburban development. Of those, urban and suburban development is the fastest growing threat. The suburban sprawl is defined by low-density development. Houses, shops, and workplaces are built far apart, forcing the development of roads and an increased reliance on cars. Low-density development also means that more natural land is converted for human development than is necessary. Since 1955, urban and suburban land has increased by 300%, while the population has only increased by 75%. Local governments are essential to addressing this problem. This not only means setting urban boundaries and raising funds for protecting natural resources, it also means developing land to be more beneficial for residents. Efficiently developed land leads to less natural areas being destroyed, and creating green spaces in your homes is shown to increase the health of residents. As a result, you can use your voice to educate others and use your vote at local elections to make change. Habitat loss is not the only threat to species, so too is hunting. A historical example to the threat posed by hunting can be seen in the passenger pigeon. During the first half of the 19th century, the passenger pigeon was the most abundant bird in all of North America. Flocks darkened the sky. Squawks drowned out all other sound. In 1914, the last passenger pigeon, Martha, died at the Cincinnati Zoo at the age of 29. These abundant birds were hunted to extinction. Their defense mechanism was flying in huge flocks. Just like with school of fish or choruses of cicadas, when a predator attacked, it would kill some of the pigeons, but it couldn't kill all of them because there were so many. However, because of this defense mechanism, they were easy prey for humans. In the second half of the 19th century, the commercial pigeon industry bloomed. People would hunt them for sport, traveling all across the country via the new railway system. When they hunted, they disrupted the nesting grounds by burning or poisoning them. Not only were adults killed off, but breed production was prevented too. Even as the numbers dropped, there was no effort made to save them, until eventually the formerly most abundant bird went extinct. The passenger pigeon is an example of the dangers of a failure of action, but there are other times in the nation's history where intervention has worked. The gray wolf has been hunted for the past two centuries, decreasing their populations greatly. The Mexican gray wolf, found in northern Mexico and southeast United States, is one of the most endangered types and became virtually extinct in the wild by 1970. For a while, they only existed in zoos. However, in 1998, 11 Mexican gray wolves were reintroduced into the wild, and that same year, a pup was born in the wild for the first time in 50 years. Currently, 
186 Mexican wolves roam free, and there are 350 wolves in breeding facilities across the U.S. and Mexico. Though hunting often brings species to extinction, it can be done in conjunction with environmentalists. Deer hunting is a good example of that. In many places where the white-tailed deer lives, its natural predators, such as wolves, bears, and coyotes, have been hunted or driven off by humans. With no natural predators, the deer population rises uncontrollably and uses up natural resources, putting a stress on the environment. The hunting of deer puts a check on their population. Because humans have driven off other predators, they must act as one in order to maintain the delicate balance of the ecosystem. Endangered species exist across the United States, with 30% of plant and animal species being at risk of disappearing. What can you do to help? The biggest threat to species is habitat loss, and the most direct action you can take involves saving habitat. Support your local parks, spend an afternoon there, do trash pickups, go for hikes. Invasive species is another threat. They take up room that native plants would otherwise flourish in. You can combat this by planting native species or by going out and cutting down the invasive species. This may seem counterintuitive. Cutting down plants does not seem like the right direction. However, cutting the MAC allows for space for native species to prosper. Work with the local organizations to see where you can help out. These are ways to get involved with wildlife protection around your community. However, the most impactful thing you can do is in your own backyard. Whether you just have a windowsill or a giant plot of land, this can be used as habitat. Plant native flowers to attract pollinators. Set up bird feeders and houses. Build bat homes. Grow trees. Don't use pesticides. The National Wildlife Federation gives tips and allows you to certify your backyard as wildlife. Native plants, water sources such as ponds or bird baths, and nesting areas are essential for your wildlife. You can also protect the local birds by keeping your cats indoors, or at least putting a bell on their collar. Another way to protect natural resources is by creating a rain garden. This absorbs rainwater rather than having it roll down the drains and reduces river pollution by 30%. Do your research to find out which plants work best for your area, but most times wildflowers, ferns, shrubs, and small trees work well. If you're planning on hiring a landscaper, go eco-friendly. There are eco-friendly landscapers across the nation. Many places will also come to give advice if you're looking for a cheaper option. Local problems require local solutions. It's great if you want to support the African elephant or the white rhino, but you don't have to look that far to find an animal in need of protection. It can be hard to see what impact your actions make when the subject of focus is halfway across the world, but it's easy to find a cause to support at home. Local action is essential. You can rebuild habitat and save species from extinction without leaving your hometown.